Welcome to Healthy Perspectives Podcast with Jeremiah, where we provide clinical perspectives on current social and cultural issues. And don't forget, you can subscribe at Podbean, Spotify, Apple, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please subscribe at any or all of them. You can follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Getter, Twitter, and many other social media sites. Or you can email us at healthy perspectives with an S at protonmail.com. Today is part four of love. And this is going to be my final one for now. This is, of course, reserve the right to come back and, you know, give it a go again at some point if. Uh, I get further information that says I, I need to clarify something or, you know, potentially I screwed something up and I, I want to come back and, and do a portion again. So hang in there with me. Uh, we're going to go through some some different pieces. Uh, today is going to be, uh, you know, this is a challenging one for me because uh, I'm going to go into what I what I believe our design is when it comes to love. Um, I'm not going into all the other stuff that we've talked about. Today is going to be a little different. It's going to probably come across a little more philosophical. Um, and for those of you who know me, uh, you know, look, I don't hide some things uh, about me. Um, I, I, I do believe in God, and you're going to hear some of that in the latter parts of today. Obviously, I'm trying the best that I can to stay in a therapeutic lens. Uh, but in all reality, the abstract nature of love cannot be explained in the statistics that we have as therapists. There are parts of it that we cannot understand through the social science portion of, of the work. And so I'm going to use, uh, you know, a little bit of, uh, uh, God to fill in the gaps. Uh, you know, some of it we're, we're really good at explaining. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to do that. I'm going to attempt to do that at the end, more so than in the beginning in the middle. So hang in there with me. Uh, if that doesn't appeal to you too much, you know, probably the last maybe three minutes, something like that, you just cut it out. Um, I think you'll be missing a lot of stuff, a lot of content. Uh, but I also know that you've got limited amount of time, energy and resources, and I just don't want you to be deceived. So hang in there with me. Here we go. Uh, our design is, uh, there's, there's a few pieces I'm going to cover choice relationship, uh, or relational, uh, you know, self-actualization. And then uh, it's all coming through this lens of agape, this holistic, uh, view, um, which is often perceived to be the pinnacle of love. So when you look at it from a therapeutic lens, that is the, I have accepted who you are. I have accepted who you were because it got you here. And I accept your hopes and fears for tomorrow. Since neither one of us can predict tomorrow, I don't necessarily accept who you become tomorrow, but I expect I accept your hopes and fears. And I say that because there's a difference. Once I have accepted who you are, then that love is real and in time. And so it can transcend time if you and me are growing in the similar or the same direction. So the holistic love of who you were, because it got you here, who you are, because you are lovable as you are, and 
who you become, acceptance of your hopes and fears. This kind of love emphasizes a few things. I want to emphasize some of those elements. One, it emphasizes growth change over time. That means I can accept you as you are at any given moment within your life. That's not accepting you for what you do for me. There's a big difference, and I'll talk a bit about that a little bit later. What that emphasizes, when we talk about um, you know, the change over time, it, it goes into that self-actualization piece that I've talked about. Uh, obviously, I didn't go into great detail, so I'm going to go into it a little bit more here. Self-actualization is the process of becoming your best version. Your best version is based on the morals and values and principles in which you carry through your life. Those principles, those things that are truths from, you know, the beginning into the middle, the middle into the end. And if you believe in God, uh, the end into the afterlife. That is called self-actualization, becoming the best version of yourself. It doesn't mean that you're going to get everything right and you will make mistakes along the way. But the process of self-actualization is a movement toward this agape concept. The idea of you are acceptable as you are because you are becoming your best as you go. All right. This kind of love also emphasizes our relational nature. And from here, I'm going to go back to the most basic, the simplest explanation. There's you, there's me, and there's us. We have to be more important than you or me. Does that mean that we don't prioritize you? Absolutely not. It does not mean that. If you are sick and you need somebody to care for you, we must prioritize you. It's not a question of should we or could we. It's we must prioritize you. If you are sick, you need love. You cannot provide it at that time. So we must take care of you in that time. So you are not more important though. So as soon as you are well again, it's not a matter of paying back. It's a matter of giving fully. You have to be giving fully. It's a hundred hundred. We're always giving a hundred percent. And at times where our hundred percent is nothing because we are sick and in bed and, you know, we've got fevers, our hundred is a zero. Like uh, what we're doing in that moment is trying to breathe, consume a little water, eat a little food if possible without throwing it up and survive. So it's others duty at that point to take care of us. And it's our duty to allow it. That's the relational aspect. I hope that that was clear um, in my world <laughs> as I'm thinking about it. That's as clear as I can be as of right now. Um, but I, I hope it makes sense to you. You, me, and us. Agape love also has space for the supernatural. Some would even argue that it starts from the supernatural. 
if we take a look at the holistic view of love, um, and for this moment, uh, again, I'm not going to get too deep into this right now because I'm going to talk about it a tiny bit more at the end. Um, but if you if you hang in there with me, uh, let's assume for a moment that there is a God. If there is a God, the concept then would be that this God has chosen people to love people and people to love God. That could potentially be the very beginning spot. And many would argue it is the beginning spot. Um, We do know that about 80% of our world population, which is, it seems like it's at least in appearance, it seems like it's going down. Um, But 80%, which is the lowest we've ever heard of it, uh, of the world population, believes in a single deity. Not always the same single deity, same God. Uh, although many would argue even that maybe they're, they're, you know, like the elephant, you know, they're looking at the tail, they're looking at the trunk, they're looking at the body. They have different perspectives, but it is the same God. Some would argue that case. Uh, I'm not going to get into that theological argument right now, uh, but I do want to say uh, that when it comes to agape, there is room for the supernatural. And not only is there room, there is room for the possibility that it starts from there. So now I would like to move into this notion, this idea then. Is it possible that anyone is not lovable? That's going to be tough. Uh, Look, I would like to believe that everyone is lovable. But is that true? When we look at this model, the truth is that not everybody is lovable. But let me explain. And I say that because I don't want any of you out there who are in a dark place feeling like you're not lovable to walk away going, oh, this guy says I'm not lovable. That is not what I'm saying. I'm giving you the explanation as to how a person could become not lovable or be not lovable. Number one, if a person chooses to block or refuse all love, then they are not lovable. It's really that simple. So the question there is, why would a person do that? When we think of love in the picture of You need it like you need a breath of air. It's not a want, it's a need. You have to have it. You may not need it every day all the time in, you know, every in very specific ways every day all the time. No, not like a breath of air in that way. But we do know that if you are without love, you do begin to deteriorate and die. We are designed to be loved. Why would somebody want to refuse it or block it? Chances are, um, this is just one of the areas that I see in a therapist, uh, as a a therapist sitting in my seat. Shame, self-abuse, the you're professing it to yourself that you are not lovable. And so anytime somebody offers it, you refuse it. You're like, nope, that's, that cannot be true because I am not worthy of love. That's one way in which a person is not lovable. 
And it's a sad thing because chances are, if you are or were in that position at some point, you were probably being loved. You just weren't accepting it. By the way, I've been there before. (laughs) Those who are not relational. In other words, they don't care about you, me, or us. In other words, let me, in the you, in the me, in the us picture, they get completely segmented into either the you or the me. So codependent people struggle to be loved, struggle big time because they only care and only feel as though they're loved if the other person makes them feel it. That's not healthy. That's not, not the best way to go about it. But that is a way in which a person, in other words, it's sort of a side way of refusing love. I am not lovable unless you make me feel as though I am lovable. If you prioritize yourself, that's very selfish, yes. But if that is your priority, then loving you becomes a matter of cost-benefit analysis. I'll get into that later too. But what it basically says is I only love you if, and I will only accept love from you if you're giving to me. That's not love. That is not love. That is selfish. And I'll get into that a little bit more. Well, I might get into that a little bit more. So hang in there. All right. Those not chosen by another for who they are. They are not loved. This one's a little bit tricky because of what I just said, but I'm going to go ahead and give it a shot. If I choose to love you, you are lovable, period. Until you refuse it. You are lovable. The moment I choose it, you are lovable. And you don't get to decide if I love you or not. So that's why those not chosen by another are not lovable. It's simple. If you're chosen by somebody or if you're chosen by God to be loved, you're loved and you're lovable. It's that simple unless you refuse it. I'll give you an example of this. I, uh, you know, those of you who followed me, uh, you know, you know, some of my history. There was this period of time for about almost six years where I worked, uh, in a public school system primarily to influence culture. And there was a huge gang influence. So I worked a lot with gangs and I had this young man one day who was just losing his junk. I mean, he was emotional beyond, uh, you know, what a lot of you probably encounter on a regular basis. And he was in this office uh, and he was throwing chairs and he was mad. Like this kid was hurt. Like he was hurting really bad. And I went in there. Uh, you know, I was, I was actually recommended to me that I probably not go in there, but I had, uh, you know, a a place in my heart for this kid. He, he mattered to me. Uh, and 
I went in there uh, trusting that, you know, he wasn't going to attack me, that he might, you know, continue to be, you know, over the top in terms of expressing his emotion. But uh, I anticipated he wouldn't attack me. Um, wasn't sure. I mean, there was no hundred percent certainty there. Uh, but I was like 90% there. And I was like, you know what? That's enough because others are not that comfortable. And I had interacted with him a lot. So I opened the door and, you know, he, he cursed and said some things and whatnot. Um, and I, I closed the door behind me and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, he did that whole pausing thing. Like he had been making all of that ruckus to, refuse love to refuse care. And I get it. Like I've been there too. I've been so hurt and so angry. And so I stood there and waited for a second and, you know, he, you know, he blew up and, you know, was doing things and pushing the table around and and whatnot. And then he says, he says, you know, with expletives in there for sure. But he says, why do you even care? And I said, because I get to choose that. That's a choice I get to make. He's like, yeah, but why? I said, look, you can be upset. You can be all these things. But I get to choose who I care about. And I chose you. I chose you a long time ago. He had never had anybody say that to him like that. Now, like, uh, as many, like, I'm telling you about a time I got it right. I get it. I, I am not perfect. Plenty of times, plenty of examples of me not getting it right. But in this case, I got it right. I, I told him exactly what was true to me. And I told him it was my choice. And that he didn't get to decide my choice in that. It frustrated him. Like, he didn't, he couldn't understand it at that time. Uh, I remember him, uh, you know, he did end up settling down. It took a little while, but he did end up settling down. And the beauty in this story is this is one of those rare times where uh, a few years later, I interacted with him again. And he held on to that. That choice that I made and I made known he held on to, and he came back and he, you know, he saw me and told me that he appreciated me and stuff like that, which was great. Like I loved that moment too. Um, but that moment for him was a big deal because it's where he learned that love from another person is a choice that they get to make. And if they choose it, all he has to do is let it in. Now, I'm not saying that that's easy all the time. That was not easy for him that day or the days following. But it got in. He eventually let it in somehow, some way. And I wasn't there for when he let it in. I just planted that seed. And that's kind of how love works, at least at times. So when we're talking about, you know, it's not, It's not something that, you know, I get to choose whether you love me. Well, this leads me to the whole choice concept, right? We've been talking about that a little bit here, but the role of choice and love, what a big deal this is. I get to choose who I love every day. They don't. You sitting out there in podcast land right now, listening to me, 
you get to choose who you love. Right now, you can think of somebody in your head that you love and they are lovable in that moment. They don't get to choose it. If you chose to love me, I don't get to choose that. You do. What we do, both of us, what all of us get to do is decide whether we accept the love that's being offered. Now, not all love is exactly the same. I'm going to get to that here in just a minute in my summary. But if you're offered love and you decline it, that's your choice. And that means you are not lovable. I know that's hard to hear, but that's, that is the reality as I see it as a therapist, the way I look at this, you are not lovable. You're, you're declining it. You're refusing it. That means you're not lovable. The moment you let it in, you are lovable. So you just have to accept that somebody loves you and cares about you. And then it becomes fact, not my fact, not somebody else's fact, but in reality, it is fact because somebody offered it, you accepted it. Therefore you are lovable period. The end of the story. Awesome. I love that. That's, that makes me so happy. You just have to accept what's being offered. So in the end, what, here's what I'm going to, I'm going to go through a few things here. Love is available. It is available to you. I don't care what your history is. I don't. I don't. It's available to you. There are so many people on this planet. You only have to find one that loves you and accepts you as you are. However, not all perceived love, right? The, the idea of love is healthy. And I say that because of the you, me, and us relationship stuff. Relationships get messy. And there are things within relationships that are messy. Boundaryless love isn't love. It's not love. It's codependence. It's different. When somebody puts a value on your love, not pure acceptance for who you are, but a value, a cost benefit analysis. They're like, well, you're valuable to me as long as you keep doing these things. Yeah, that's, that's not love. That's not love. That's negotiation. That's agreement. Somebody who loves you for one aspect of who you are. Also not love. Sorry to tell you this, but it's not love. Because it's not about you, me, and us. It's about me and what I can get from you. Those are all deceptions within love. Those are deceptions. Love is sacrificial. It's saying, I am not the most important. And you are not the most important. We are most important. Love accepts that second stage that, that I am less than us because together we are more than 
you or me. It's that connection, that relational aspect. So love is sacrificial. It requires of me to give more than I want sometimes. And at other times, it requires of you to give more than you want. And if we're both doing that, the beauty is both of us are going to have more than we need. It's going to bubble over, which helps stabilize our emotions. If you go back and listen to other ones, helps stabilize our emotions, makes us more patient, kind. It, and you, you might know where I'm going here. If you're, you're hanging in there with me, this is where, for those of you who are going to go the supernatural or the biblical side of it, it does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That doesn't mean you don't fail to accept it because we do that. I've done that. I'm sure you've done that. But love itself does not ever fail. And love, real love, covers over a multitude of mistakes. It covers over them. Because when somebody knows your heart and that you love them and you screw up, it opens the door for forgiveness. Acceptance that you did the best you knew how and it wasn't good enough. Both of those things can be true. Real agape love allows the, uh, the the best part of relationships as a therapist from my perspective, and that is forgiveness and reconciliation. The idea that we don't have to be perfect and that we still are better together. I ventured down this path uh, trying to take on the topic of love. I'm hoping that some of these things were helpful to you that in this process, you grew in some way that you are better because of it. If you have questions, please, you know, I, at the beginning and the end of my podcast, I always have my email, my website and all that stuff. And I know many of you seek it out, but join us in on, on the Facebook page and let's talk about stuff. I'd really like it to get a little bit more active um, because I know there are people out there that are wrestling with these things that I'm bringing in here. I don't make these things up on my own. As a therapist, I'm giving you things that I'm encountering. And sometimes it's through our, our social and political stuff, our cultural stuff. Sometimes it's through my interactions with clients that I'm seeing repetitions and I'm going, wow, okay, we're encountering something real here that people really need to understand better. And how can I do, how can I help? I can, I can help explain it how I've learned it so that they don't have to learn it the hard way. Like in many cases I have, or maybe even you have. So please engage in this process. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Please take a look at our website at www.healthyperspectives. 
with a dash in between the healthy and the perspectives. Make sure there's an S at the end.com. So again, www.healthy-perspectives with an S.com. 